and this series is uh, it's on the three major areas of resistant sin. Uh, Bill Gothard, he called it root problems, uh, root, root causes, root problems. In other words, a lot of times we treat the symptoms on people's sin. We don't treat the root of it. If you don't get to the root of it, it's like a doctor. He's got to get the infection out of there. If you don't get the infection out of there, you're not, all that surface stuff's not going to do too much. And that's the way it is with this. It says in First John was our passage uh, two fifteen, the lust of flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are the three major areas or root causes of all other sin. And how when you have an unforgiven uh, stronghold, or you've given place, as it were, ground to the devil, he will use that to cause all other kinds of trouble in your life. The tormentors, as the Bible would say, uh, then can be then released upon you. And the tormentors like anxiety or depression, which are symptomatic of other of a root problem, of a resistant problem. And so we went through that and explained that. Second Timothy, uh, chapter three, talks about. Uh, let me read it. And this know also the last days. Now, the last days. I explained that. This morning is the last days of the New Testament. The last days are a long period of time. Uh, it's been uh, almost 2,000 years since the crucifixion and resurrection. And this is God's final presentation to man through his son. He says, know that in the last days perilous times should come. And trust me, for almost 2,000 years that's been true. But uh, the men should be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, proud, disobedient to parents, and unthankful and holy. The, the key word there, and I want you to know, is covetous. Covetous. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, and they're heady, and they're high-minded, they're lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, which we already spoke about. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, such turn away for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins with a, away with divers' lusts. That's the Kardashians, or whatever they're called. That describes those women. Ever learning and never able to come to the truth. Is it the Kardashians, they call them? Whorish women that are put up as wonderful people. All You see them everywhere. Go to any websites, or I mean, not websites, but you go social media. They're just out there on the Internet. I just get tired of seeing these whorish women put up in front of our people as wonderful folks. But the second, and I'm over that, okay. The second root cause, or second resistance problem that we, we battle is the area of covetousness. It is, uh, it's been said that covetousness is the most mentioned sin in the Bible. I, I have never done the math on it. Uh, it was a reliable source that I read that said that, but if it's not, it's for sure up towards the top. It's, it's common. We are earthbound creatures. We live in a material world. We touch it. We taste it. We smell it. We see it. We hear it. It's really all we know. Then we get saved. We get born again from above. We are, the Spirit of God comes in and it dwells in us. 
We get introduced to another world, the spiritual world, the invisible world, as it's called, the eternal world. And God has little, we find out as we're saved, has little or uh, uh, to do and, and does not put much value, almost no value, on the seen world, the visible world. Visible world versus invisible. Matthew chapter 24, uh, verse 35, one of my favorite verses of the Bible, where Jesus kind of puts things in perspective. He says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words, now nobody could say this but God. This is an argument, this is a good argument for the deity of Christ here also. My words shall not pass away. Nobody can say that. I can't say that about myself. You couldn't say it about yourself. You don't know the future. I don't know the future. But God does know. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He, by the way, Jesus is called the Alpha and Omega in Revelation 1. These are Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. He knows. He can say that. James 1, 9 through 10 says, Let the brother of old agree rejoice, and that he is exalted, but the rich, and that he is made low. Why? Because of, as a flower of grass, you shall pass away. The transient, uh, this guy by the name of Epstein, I think it was, died, hung himself supposedly, probably was. It's just, I just don't understand how the Clintons can have 59 people they know commit suicide. I just don't know that. I just have never figured that out. I'm not, I am not, I don't have an ounce of conspiracy theory in me. But man, that looks bad. <laughs> The guy was worth $559 million when he died. What good is that? He owned his own island in the Virgin Islands. What good is that doing him now? This is what God's trying to help you with. 2 Peter 3.10 says, The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, and the day of the Lord or the day of your death probably will come as a thief in the night. Doc sees this. Once in a while, people get a little heads up on their death. Once in a while, uh, they get something like cancer, or they get something, and or they get leukemia, and they get their blood count, and there's like no white blood, the real high white blood cells, and and real low red, and and everything's real. And you, the doc can say, you know, you got a week to live. You got three. My dad was told he had a week to live. He had three weeks to live. Not very many people get a heads up like that. Most people, death comes as a thief. When I was in Bismarck, I was feeling good, getting ready to go to church the next day at 2 a.m. I awake to my heart been going crazy. I thought, well, maybe this is it. No. And I'm good with that. He said, is it going to come as a thief in the night? But the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements. If you, The Greek word there means a, down to the, the, the smallest element shall melt with fervent heat. And the earth shall, and all the works thereof and therein shall be burned up. You know H2O, if you know a little bit about chemistry, hydrogen, one part, oxygen, two parts. That's water, H2O. It's hydrogen, two parts, oxygen, one part, H2O. Yeah, that's right. That's how much I know about it. I know that H2O is water, right? Hydrogen and oxygen I also know are highly volatile. You put them apart, hydrogen, woo, oxygen, woo. In fact, I think they shoot the spaceships up with some of that stuff combining it back together and burning it. Now imagine the earth is mostly 
water. I believe your body is mostly water. Water's everywhere. Water, water everywhere. And you take a, you take the hydrogen, the oxygen, and just go like this. Just and by what by him all things do what consist. The word in Greek means to hold together. They they the little bit they know about it, a little bit I know about atomics and all this other stuff and these electrons and neutrons. They're sp- technically they don't know why they stay together. They 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 should f- come apart. In fact, the scientists figured out how to get them apart. And release the energy that's in the atom, and guess what they got? Woo, they got a fireball, didn't they? They did that to the hydrogen atom, and they got a bigger fireball. Does that not agree with the Bible? Before any of this atomic study, before any man knew a th- he's telling you the energy is in the elements, the smallest amount. That little, the Bible's unbelievable. It's, you know, you'd think it was written by God. Ultimately, the seen, that is the visible, has no value other than using it for God while you have some control of it. Right now, you have some control. You've been given, you've been given a, a certain amount of wealth and a certain amount of power and a certain amount of influence. Use it by the grace of God. That's the message of the Bible. Use it for the eternal cause. Use it for the invisible because all of the other stuff you're going to leave and it's eventually going to all be burned up. Luke 12, 15 says, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Amen. Think about that. You say, well, I own this and I own that. The truth is you don't own it. You've been loaned it. You can use it. Covetousness is a product of the lust of the eyes. Nebuchadnezzar had it. Daniel chapter 4, verse 29 to 30 says, the end of 12 months he walked in the palace of the king, kingdom of Babylon. Now, I, I w- nobody's been able to, I've seen a few renditions of, of, this, of the city of Babylon. It's just, it was one of the seven wonders of the world, the hanging gardens of Babylon, all that other stuff. I mentioned that in Sunday school a while back. It was just simply magnificent gold and ivory everywhere, uh, uh, granite, and and uh, just, just you know, just name some quality product. It was their hanging gardens that would knock your socks off and, and, and fountains and things that they had there. It was just described historically as unbelievable. Everybody wanted to come see it. And so the king, this Nebuchadnezzar, really, it started around him. He had conquered pretty much the known world. He said, is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom of my might, of the might of my power, for the honor of my majesty? And then when he did that, there was a bell go off. Ding, 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 ding. It really wasn't. But that was when God intervened and said, it's over. And he lost his mind. He lost his mind. You know, the Bible says we're not of the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of sound mind. 
Tonight you're here and able to comprehend and have cognizance because God said so. At any time, God can make you where you don't have cognizance. Now, if you don't have cognizance, that means you don't know you don't know. And if you don't know you don't know, did you ever know? The hanging gardens of Babylon, wow. Gold was their God. Nebuchadnezzar got caught up with the lust of the eyes. He looked at all and he goes, man, I have really done something. And God goes, no. I like Daniel where he says, God was teaching him basically that there is a God in heaven that ruleth over the affairs of man. Even Nebuchadnezzar. Any ruler. In the world, any ruler in the world is there because God said so. Any ruler, any position of power is because God said so. Romans 13, there's no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. So whatever success you may have in this world, you can thank God because he's the one that allowed you to have it. So he's entrusted you. Now he warns you to use it for the invisible kingdom. And I'll tell you why in a second, because if you don't, you're going to get to keep any of it. No matter who you are. Steve Jobs did a wonderful thing by, and by coming up with the Apple and the Apple phone. It's one, oh, I just love Apple. But I can tell you this, he left every dime that he ever made, he left it. He was a skinny, emaciated, sadly emaciated, skin and bone individual. When he died. I saw a picture of him just before he died. Skin and bone, could barely walk. Luke chapter 16, verse 14, 15 says, the Pharisees also who were covetous heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed of men is an abomination in the sight of God. Now, boy, that is a knock your socks off first right there. What you and I normally and naturally highly esteem you know, your mother's china, your grandmother's this, your rings, all the things, whatever you highly esteem, cars, boats, houses, you know, clothes. I would even wear that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, hairdos, whatever. What Jesus is saying is what you people highly esteemed, I'm speak, he's speaking for God, or represented God, right? He's son of God, represented God. He says, it's an abomination to us, to, to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Why? Because they know it's valueless. It's valueless. They give themselves, we give ourselves to that which is not bread, if we're not careful. Now, I'm not, I'm not discouraging you about working. I'm not discouraging you about any of this, because I'm going to come around the corner on this. But I'm, but I'm warning you about an area, the lust of the eyes is strong. Covetous, covetous 
the religious leaders of the day were a bunch of Pharisees, Sadducees, and lawyers, and scribes, and there were Republicans especially were just full of covetousness. God is opposite us. People sell their souls because of covetousness, because of covetousness and greed and gain. Even today, the super rich are looked up to as the ultimate goal of what you want to become. The Bill Gates of the world uh, are venerated. The problem is the rich in vast majority do not make it to heaven. I say that on the authority of the Bible. Matthew 19.24 It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And what did he mean by that? He meant it's easier for a camel to go through than eye of a needle. Quit trying to Quit trying to make it anything what he didn't say. If he wanted to say something else, he'd have said something else. He's the maker of all language. You don't think he knows how to communicate? Oh, well, that can't mean that because a camel can't go through an eye of a needle. Bingo! That, that bingo would be much better at a Catholic church than here. And for a rich man to go through, to go to, it's, it's, so he it says, it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but I believe the Bible. He says in Luke chapter 12, verse 20, 21, but God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then, those, then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself. And is not rich towards God. The unsaved rich man has been given much, and much has been going to be required of him. James chapter 5, 1 through 3 says, Go to now, you rich man, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. That's a heavy warning. Your riches are corrupted, your garments are moth eaten, your gold and silver is cankered and the rust of them shall be a witness against you. And you shall, and they shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last days. How can we overcome this resistant problem, a root problem of covetousness, less the eyes? One way to do it is don't own anything. Give it to God. Oh, don't own or don't let it own you. Give it to God. Matthew chapter 6, 19, Jesus' words, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. What does that mean, Pastor? It means lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth. That's pretty plain language. Where moth and dust does corrupt, and where the thieves will break through and steal. I've said, <laughs> right now there can be a U-Haul at your house. They broke your security system, and they're there loading the best stuff you got. They're loading it up in the truck. You're going to go home. It's going to be ransacked. Here's a horrible thought. All your guns will be gone. That happened to somebody in this room. It's a horrible thought. It's a horrible feeling to go home 
and all that stuff, your dad's stuff that you've collected and got is gone. One fell swoop. But what Jesus is doing, he's warning it. That can happen. He says, lay not up for your, your, your lay, but he says, lay up yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor, nor rust doth corrupt, where the thieves do not break through nor steal, or if I may say cannot break through and steal. And this is the summation statement. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. So your location of your treasure is a location of your heart. If your treasure is located here, your heart's going to be here. Say what you want, your heart's going to be here. If your treasure really is in heaven, that's where your heart's going to be. Say what you want. Treasure's going to be up there. You're going to, you're going to be heavenly minded. There's an extremely wealthy person that I know. There's wealthy people, then there's extremely wealthy people. This person is extremely wealthy. Not here. Um, and I constantly com I constantly compliment him that he got through the eye of the needle. He's born again. He's saved. He loves Jesus. He's created a uh, some sort of foundation. He's got so much money that he created a foundation that after he's gone, the money will continue to help Christian causes after he's gone. I don't have that problem. You know, you've got to create a foundation because you don't know what you're going to do with all this money. He's the one that told me I, I, I have so much money I never could spend it all. I also don't have that problem. <laughs> I think I could spend all of my money in a couple a week. Gone. I can spend my wife's money in about a week, too. But she's embezzled for me for a long time, so I'm not sure how much she's got. We'll talk about that later. Matthew, Mark chapter 10, Mark, Mark 10, 29 says, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels that shall not receive a hundredfold and this is amazing now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life basically how you overcome covetousness is first of all let god own everything you have give it to him Give it to him. I mean, really give it to him. It's God's. Because you know what? Isn't that the truth? It's God that gave it to you. It's God that take it. I like Job. The Lord giveth. The Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So if you go home tonight and that van's been at your house, you say, well, the Lord gave. I, I, I got to possess it a while. I should have used it more. I should have took that precious china and eaten with my common meals. I should have just had common meals on it. Because the thieves came in and just broke it all. Yeah. 
I mean, when I, I when I had Pastor like over, I should have whipped out the good stuff. Not the paper plates. Paper plastic forks. PCP forks. Well, I put that verse in the Matthews version of what I just read right up on the on the did we take that down or is it still up there? Well, you know we painted recently. I don't know where it's at. Anyway, I think it's up there. You know what are you telling us? I'm going to loan you some stuff while you're here. Have a spirit of giving. Have a spirit of generosity. Loosen your grip. Give, give, give is how you overcome the spirit of covetousness. Proverbs 19.17 says, He that hath pity on the poor lendeth to the Lord, and he shall, and that which he hath given will he will he pay him again. In other words, basically God says, I'm not going to be a debtor to anybody. You give in my name, I'll take care of you. I mean, he will, right? He's not saying, John 14, he's preparing a mansion for us. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, the most famous one, given, it should be given unto you. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. So in essence, you set your own scale. Another thing that will overcome covetousness is work, work, work. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 says, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you. I like that. Commanded you. What if I got up here and commanded you folks something? Oh, you'd go crazy. Paul uses the word command a lot. I command. I'm thinking, wow, what a group of people. They were humble. Command? He says, I command you that if any would not work, neither should he eat. There is no place for welfare. Only work affair. I mean, if a person's crippled or a person's sick, can't work, absolutely we feed them. Absolutely. Help them. Brother, if you're able-bodied, we need to let you get hungry. And your belly will drive you to go to work. Another way to overcome this is memorize verses to keep your mind right on what's really valuable. Those verses that I, that I spoke about tonight, right? I mean, those are the kind of verses that help you kind of keep the perspective. Unless you're a whole lot better person than I am, and you may be. I need to go over that stuff and go over it. And I, it's, it's like it's, it's, I take a shower every day. I don't need to, but I just do it just in case. You know? Years ago, they, they bathed once a week. But if everybody stinks, it's okay. Well, if everybody stinks, nobody smells anything. But when you got one person that stinks and a bunch of clean people, it ain't good. And so we bathe, we bathe, we bathe, we bathe, we bathe, we keep clean. We need to uh, memorize Scripture. We need to bathe in the Word of God, keep this in front of our mind. Why? Because we're physical beings living in a world of the five senses, and so we're constantly being pulled to believe this is what counts. 
this is what really matters. This is what it's all about. And, and not that it doesn't matter, and not that it's not important, because this is your, is your test on how you'll eventually do in heaven as a Christian by what's God given, but what God has given you and how you deal with it and how you how you how generous you may be about it is kind of where you're going to be judged in heaven by what God gave you. It's been said the only thing you're ever going to take to heaven is what you've given away for God. I, I've heard all kinds of statements. I heard if, if God if God uh, caused you to live on what you give him, would you be able to? If he times it times 10. If he took what you gave to him and times it times 10, would you be able to live on it? Basically, it's, 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 the question is uh, the tithe, you know. I don't have to tithe. There's nobody putting a gun at my head. Man, I get to do that. I've been tithing since I've been 16 years old. I've been tithing and giving offerings and people. And I'm, I thought the other day, the only thing I'm ever gonna, ever gonna keep is that those, 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 not just money gifts, because there's time, talent, and treasure. You know, I've given my time, I've given my what little talent I have, and I've given my treasure. But those are the only things you're gonna keep. And you know, my life's starting to wind down. I tell people, I tell Chris all the time, I'm on my way out. You're on the way in. Amen? I'm checking out. He's checking in. It's his world, not my world. And you people in your 80s, that kind of tells you where you're at. <laughs> yeah, it's true, though, really. My best of my life I've already given. I gave the strength of my youth. And that strength is gone. And so I'm, I'm on the downside of the hill, as they say. When do you peak the hill? 45. I know exactly when you peak. 45 years old. I went to a doctor one time, 40 years old. I said, I, I doctor, and I was cocky. I know you're hard to believe that. I was cocky with her. And she said, uh, your eyes, you know, I said, uh, you don't need glasses. I said, man, I'm never going to have glasses to read. She said, well, sure, I can read. I, I took a piece of paper. I said, look at this. And I read the paper, little print right there. I read it here, read it here, read it here. I said, look, I can read that. I'm never going to. I'm going to break the rules. She looked at me also arrogantly and said, at 45, you're going to wear reading glasses. <laughs> what do you know? At 45, I had to have glasses to read the Bible. The old girl knew what she was talking about, you know? But it got worse. I couldn't even, now I can't see far or near. Without these babies, there's no function. I'm like Paul. You see what large letters I write under you. It'd have to be about like that. Yeah. Folks, don't you let this world own you. Don't you miss out on the opportunity, and it is a great opportunity, 
to be able to give to the kingdom of God in heaven. And I own the honor of Don Sisk. We get to do. We get to give. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for the few minutes together. Father in heaven, move upon us. Boy, open our eyes that we can see. This is such a deceptive thing. Oh, I, I, I feel it. Lord, I feel it. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love, like we sang this morning. Prone to grab a hold of this stuff and pretend it's like what counts. God, help me to be more generous. Help me to give more. Forgive me for cheating myself out of eternal blessing. Father, help us just give us wisdom, supernaturally convince us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.